Welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. This is episode 88. You forgot to say hello. We're supposed oh. to be nice on this podcast. Yeah. Come on, Parker. Hello, and welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. Oh, well, we can say hello, I guess, but it's kind of like expected. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, they already did us the favor of downloading the it's episode. It's a silent hello. Right? Yes, it's silent hello. The H-E-L-L-O is silence. It's all silent, yeah. <laughs> We've been doing this 88 times. Wow. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, Stephen, last week you talked about this ice spindle. Or I, how do you pronounce that? I, it's ice spindle. Okay. Uh, it's in, in, I guess in German they spend, spell it S P I N D E L. So I always uh, call it the spindle. Spindle. But there's, it's no, spindle. there's no umlaut or whatever. There should, yeah, there should be umlauts over every letter. Just every letter. because. Every valve. Valve. Or vowel, vowel, yeah, vowel, good, vowel. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. All the vowels. <laughs> we got the greatest vowels. So yes, <laughs> the eye spindle. I made one. Yes, uh, it, this is sort of a different kind of podcast because we talked about a project last week, did the project, and now we can actually like present it all within two podcasts. Two, two I don't think weeks. we've ever done that. No, actually, one week. What? Yeah, one week. Yeah, one Thursday, week. Thursday. But uh, but it was a very, not very. It was a simple. Uh, project. So I, I have the eye spindle here in my hands and I'm actually going to pass it off to Parker. And uh, you've seen, you maybe have seen pictures of this, right? No, I have not. Okay. I, um, only thing I know about is the sled, the 3D printed sled. Right. So I opened it up. It's in this like, what material was it? PVC? Not uh, PVC. PET. 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 Pet plastic. plastic. It's food, food grade plastic. Yeah. And so, uh, well, while you're looking at it, let me just give a quick, okay. uh, it, it, this is a hydrometer, which is a device that, uh, measures the density of a water or a liquid. Uh, and I'm, it's, it's meant to be used in uh, beer brewing. So this device floats in your beer and as uh, the beer ferments, uh, it will actually change the angle or the tilt at which it floats in the, uh, in the device. And it has, uh, some sensors on board that can determine this. The, the construction is very Arduino-y. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it all is. stacking boards and stuff. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I, I, you would think that someone would have um, just made a single board that goes into the slot. They have. Uh, ah. In fact, they've made they've made versions where the sled, you don't even have to 3D print. It's just a board. Uh, but those board files, I couldn't find them anywhere. Uh, I would have loved to have just made it all on a PCB. Um, but yeah, that'd be really this, cool. is, this is a really cheap way of doing it. Um, all the devices are available right on um, Amazon. So there's there's a couple modules that get all connected yeah, together. Yeah, this is a, um, I see on here, a USB to lithium battery charger. That's right. I guess that's what this blue board is. Because it's got an 18650 uh, cell on there. Yep, lithium cell. Uh-huh. Then I flip it over, and there's, oh, those are lovely ESP Wi-Fi module. Yep. And that's the old one. That was it, ESP-16. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah the, not the 32. Like, 32 uh, is the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that is a accelerometer board. Yep. Are these all Adafruit boards? Uh, I don't they're blue. Think so. I don't think so. Yeah, they're all blue except for I have a perf board that I, I built it on. Yeah. Is that the perf board that they recommend? Uh, No, they just tell you the size. Ah, because it fits perfect in there. Uh, I trimmed it. <laughs> so ah, that it there fit. or that, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Perfectly, it's yeah. custom. It's custom. it's certainly custom. Um, so and and their wiring diagram is like a fritzing wire, wiring ah. diagram, and that's you know okay cool. Uh, but all of the soldering that they suggest is basically just they give you ten images that are like do this, then this, then this, and they're okay at best. So I don't really like the lid of this thing. It's not super tight. Well, it's just, it feels flimsy. Mm -hmm. But really, the lid will come off. I'll charge it. Then the yeah. lid goes back on and stays on for months. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. The uh, it 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 totally it's works. It's yeah, it is it is hefty. It's got some it's got some gravity in there. Uh, so yeah, it's it's got a little bit of beef to it, and uh, it's on it's, it it's on the battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably actually. And I actually need to add weight to it because when you put it in distilled water, okay. it's supposed to read one because I'm checking the density of water versus water. Yep. It's supposed to read one, and one is supposed to be 25 degrees of angle 
and right now it reads like 85 because I, I need to add weights to the bottom of it to tilt it down. Ah. So you kind of calibrate it by adding weight into it. Yeah, that's like a normal hydrometer is calibrated that way. Exactly. You look at the bottom of them, they got a bunch of lead pellets in them. Yeah. Uh, so I need to find, you know what? Lead shot would work awesome for that. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have any, though. I bet you can go to like Cabela's or something and buy reloading. Yeah, we live pellets. in Houston, Texas. There's a yeah. guy down the road, probably five minutes from here. He's got yeah, look for look for like reloading gear. Yep, you, I, I'd actually put like lead-free pellets in there, just because it's near the beer. That is true. Yeah, that's but you probably <laughs> soldered it with leaded yeah. though. I saw how shiny it was. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's so for it sure. So it all matter. Leaded. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't matter. The, I, I do want. Yeah, I do want the the uh, the weight in the bottom to be fixed. Yeah. So. The thing is, it, it connects to whatever Wi-Fi you want it to. You configure it to connect to your Wi-Fi, um, and you can give it API keys such that it can go out and talk to the like, world data aggregators effectively. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they give an example of using a thing called UbiDots or UbiDots. It's, it's just a data-gathering web page. And you can, you know, have nice graphs and prints and things like that if you if you really want to. It's a it's a pay to play service, pay for data kind of thing. So, gotcha. but this this they, there is a plugin that is made for Craft Beer Pie, which is something we've talked about in the past. On yep. the, uh, and I want to plug it into my Craft Beer Pie. That'd be cool. I also want to just be, you know, at work and log into my beer at home and, and like, see where it's where it's at like, fermentation. Hey, Parker, my beer is ready. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fun project. And I'll be like. I'm coming over in two weeks because <laughs> I know that's going to be actually drinkable. <laughs> so last week we had a rant about GitHub. A yeah. A little bit of, of a rant about GitHub. And I thought of something. We actually had people write in saying, oh, my God, I'm so glad you all have that rant they, about no, GitHub. No, seriously, somebody said finally. <laughs> yeah, like he finally. was waiting for us to have it because he knew yeah. we were going to bitch about it sometime. Sometime, yeah. Sometime. I came up with an analogy that, that in my mind is perfect for okay. what GitHub is. Okay, get this. GitHub is like going to Kickstarter and having zero videos. Like, you don't have the video up at the top of a Kickstarter. You literally have to go to the page, and then you got to read a whole bunch of bullshit, and you got to sift through a whole bunch of stuff to figure out what the Kickstarter is. Instead of just having that video where it's like, here's your bullet points, here's what this thing actually is. In my mind, that's a good analogy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Kickstarter video, like you go to, you go to crowdsourcing and the video, it, it, they have one minute to basically tell you what everything it is. So people should have is. a one minute video on their GitHubs? Honestly, that would be really cool. That's never going to happen, but that would be really cool. I mean, it would be nice to, if, you know, if GitHub had a format where it was like, look, if you need to find your board files here and here's all the information. There, about there if is. You need to find, it's there. I know, but it's, it's kind of chugging. It's a little bit of well, driving through the mud. Well, it's the same thing with a Kickstarter. You have to drive through the mud to get that video. I mean, you know, it would be it would be really interesting to see how many people buy a product purely off of the video. They don't read anything. They just here's the video. What's my pledge level? Buy. You know, I bet you it's really high. Probably. Yeah. So no one cares. <laughs> no one cares yeah. about reading stuff. We're past reading. Yeah. TLDR life. Yeah. So Parker. TLDR life is like. What? Because it'd be one sentence, right? So what's TLD, uh, t TLDR of life then? I did, I, I, what I was going at is too long, didn't read whole life. Yeah, whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, college. College was kind of TLDR. It was. It was a lot of TLDR. It was. It was TLDR until like you had to buy the textbook. <laughs> Like, because the textbook <laughs> had some assignment in it, and you yeah. could only get it from um, version if anything, 16. What, if anything, what college did me is is forget about the previous, like, 20 years of my life. What do you mean? I, I Ask me something about high school. Like, I know what high school I went to, but I don't know anything else about it. Oh, really? Yeah. College, like, was that much of a mind eraser for you? Oh, yeah. Wow. It's all that, uh, all that tea sipping out in Austin, right? It's all the beer. <laughs> Parker is drinking beer out of a coffee mug right now. Oh, I broke the bottle. <laughs> he tries to slap the, the bottle, the cap, the bottle cap up and breaks the bottle. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I'm actually going to pour my perfectly good beer that's in a perfectly good bottle back into this cup, though. Because mm. it does keep it cold better. The more, coffee mug? More thermal mass. You got a koozie on the, on the bottle, and though. 
So we need a coffee mug koozie now. Like a like a big expandable one that can go yeah, over. Yeah, you called a what a coffee easy. You know um, what? What if what if you could? Or get just a, a insulated mug. What about a koozie <laughs> that 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 was like heat shrink, where you could heat it up and it would just conform to whatever? Well, they made that thing called the sleeve, which was the the um, the heat shrink specially designed to fix your Apple cable. Quotes around it, like yeah, every it, word. It did have yeah. the umlaut too. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can make like a a. a self-forming koozie would you have to have like a koozie though is kind of like the word sleeve is is koozie like kleenex is koozie was that a brand or is that a brand or is that the thing i don't know i don't know I, iris get on this is, koozie, oh. is that a brand name like kleenex and xerox i don't think so it's it's legitimately a koozie we should like, we should know these things these are these are important facts like, these are the things that are that live out outside of the TLDR of life. Like these are the things you do read you do and read you do need to know. There's probably like a 40-page Wikipedia article it's a about koozies. Trademark term. It, it, ah, so as, uh, so koozie is a trademark like Xerox. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They've cornered the entire market on, yeah, on beverage coolers. <laughs> I bet you they're called like beverage insulators is probably what they're called at other places. Yeah, that's so boring. Yeah. Although, like, koozie's such a weird, like, who came up with that? I, I, well, you know what? It was probably some drunk dude who put some styrofoam around a beer and he's like, koozie. It's a koozie. <laughs> probably, yeah. That's um, You know what's interesting on other things that are like that, though? Like a cooler? You don't call coolers igloos. No, you don't. In Australia, the beverage insulator is called a stubby holder. Stubby holder. <laughs> hmm. Well, uh, you know, but but at the same time, there's there is an igloo. There's a cooler, but if someone buys a Yeti, they do not call it a cooler. They do they call, call it, a, it a Yeti. Yeah. Because if you spend 500 bucks on a cooler, you're not calling you're, it a cooler. You're going to immediately become pretentious about what that thing is yeah. called. So I actually had an idea the other day for a Kickstarter, for some uh, uh, pretentious Kickstarter. What it is, is you buy stickers that look like USB ports. So you can add USB ports to things uh, and, and just stick it to whatever and just be like, look at this, my beer. It's got a USB charger on it. You know, you know, going off that, the, this product actually exists. Not not the USB ports, but they make stickers that make it look like wall outlets. And people stick them all over the place in airports. Really? Yeah, so it looks like you can plug your phone in and it's just a wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so l- let me tell you a quick story. This is how I came up with this idea. I was in the airport just the other day, and I sit down, and I was like, cool, the armrest it has a wall outlet in it, and it has two USB ports. My phone was dying, so I plug in. I'm not charging. I plug into the other USB. I'm not charging. I was like, okay, maybe the USBs are unplugged. So I get out. My wall charger ain't working. And lo and behold, it, this wasn't intended to happen, but the vice president of operations here at MacFab walks, and he has a flight in the exact same gate as me. He was going to a completely different location at a different time of the day, and he just had it the same gate. So he sits down and he goes, oh, cool. There's USBs and, and wall chargers. So he tries all three himself, too. And, <laughs> and like, you didn't stop him? Well, no, I was, just, yeah, I was kind of chuckling because it was just like, yeah, I want to watch him squirm. <laughs> uh, but so I, the, that's when I was thinking about it. I was like, I was, I was, I was kind of legitimately excited because there was a USB port there. So it's like, why not make stickers? It's just like, you can be excited about it. You don't have to access it. Or I think there it. was a art installation. I, I, I put art installation in like installation in quotes where someone like embedded usb ports into like oh yeah they put them in uh, brick, brick walls in stuff. um in new and york they were basically thumb drives that you can like get data off of uh people were uh, yeah that was actually um gosh they did a ton of them and people were using them as just like drop sites where yeah the whole point of it was you could put anything in there and then if you came and logged into it you could grab anything out of it uh it was getting goofy though because people they weren't using like USB like extension cords to plug into it, so they were literally jamming their computer into the side <laughs> of a building, <laughs> and a lot of them got broken because of that. Yeah. So. So yeah, lots of tangents there. Oh yeah. Um. What were we? Oh yeah, the eye spindle. Yeah, eye spindle. So. So it's built. You tested it. You just got to calibrate it. I got to calibrate it. Basically, you put it in. Uh, you put it in a solution. 
Uh, and you mean you not a solution? It's just distilled water. Well, you do that to calibrate its zero point, but then yeah. you put it in an actual known gravity and you let it ferment through and you take readings all the way throughout and you have to create a polynomial and put Ah, that back into it and what it will do is it will then transfer that polynomial and into a into into a basically you're creating a step um a step calibration for it yeah yeah you can you can do it a little bit more uh simply you can just create like a, a one known point and then you have a two-point calibration you have zero yeah. and whatever but you're the creating a multi-point is. well I, i'm letting it ferment so i can also have the interactions of what co2 happens in the in the water yep so you get co2 alcohol sugar and water all together determining Bubbling the tilt you know what's actually going is is because i've had some beer when you ferment like it's turbulent oh yeah yeah i wonder if that's gonna like no, Iris just like chuckled. Like I've got, so, I got, I got to show you this video. It's like roaring. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving and like it looks, it's, it's amazing. That's that's the. It looks yeah, it's crazy too because there's there's a bunch of bugs in there that are moving things around. Yeah, and it's like actually like it's not like slowly moving like you think like algae or something. It's just like it's turning like a washing machine. So uh, that exact issue has been talked about with this eye spindle yeah. thing if you just average readings enough readings then it, it, it washes it gives you the right number yeah, okay, yeah. it washes uh, the, the, so the yeast are way more than enough they have enough juice effectively to make water turbulent they don't have enough to have like half a pound of something move you know oh yeah yeah, yeah, in yeah. There. so it might it might like spin around slowly like process around the bowl but it won't change its angle gotcha so. i can't wait to see how it works I have four of them actually, so two of them are going to my buddies, and uh, and um, two are staying with me. So um, I want to get both of them firing, so I can log into either beer. I'm not one of those buddies. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it'd be more like see, if I asked Stephen, probably just like build one your fucking self. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm sending it to my buddy because he cannot build. Yeah, exactly. He does not I have the built, capability. Built the sled for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you should have ordered like forty of those capsules. I really should have. You but could have been the capsule baron of the United States. That's that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, this is. Um, I think someone has the patent on this technology. Quote the whole like tilting and measuring. Uh, uh, so I no, couldn't. you just sell the capsules though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just or, sell that or and DIY it's like the, the one that's like really specific or make it a DIY kit you know that, that's a gray zone <gasps> can you sell a DIY kit for something that is patented I have no idea I don't think you can I think that's protected no idea oh I got I got it what's that because you work here at Macrofab sell put up on GitHub a package that you can just drop into Macrofab and hit click order and then you get one of those that would be sick. Yeah, that would be sick. Can you? Uh, and then it automatically sets up like the project and stuff, so that like, it's like, you know. And then all you have to do is, so you have to you have to order the enclosure separately, and you'd have to three D print a sled. Three D print a sled, and then but all the other stuff you can get. Actually, made we know if it's all one board, you wouldn't have to three D print a sled. Yeah, you wouldn't have. To, if you made it one board, just slid it in. All you have to do is calibrate it. Uh, yeah. I guess I could put I could put the Wi-Fi module and put a charging circuit on there. Yep. Because the the charging circuit that I have on this board, it has the um uh, the schematic for the whole thing, so uh-huh. I could just rip that off and put it on a board. Hmm, you're onto something here. Yeah. Can Can you buy an eighteen six fifty cell on Mauser? Uh, yes. Uh, let's see here. Oh, but they're but they're gonna they're gonna get all crazy about uh, ground shipping with those, right? Yeah, it's fine though. Okay, uh, let's see here. Can you buy just? I'm looking at it. Yeah, it looks like you can. Parallax actually sells eighteen six fifty cells on Mauser. Interesting. <gasps> Even better. <laughs> is, can you tell that Parker's yeah, yes, getting yes, excited? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is they actually sell because right now you have the eighteen six fifty soldered wires. Yeah. Oh, you get the little tabs on them. You can no. You can buy eighteen six fifty battery plug it like the a pack mm-hmm. that's a that's like a holder like a double a battery holder mm-hmm. but it's for 18650s and they make them surface mountable on pcbs huh i think 
oh, man, what, what company builds those? Keystone? Oh, Key- Keystone Electronics, I think, makes them. Keystone is um, hardware for electrical engineers. Yes. Uh, they have everything. I think their Keystone. website's keyco.com. Uh, is it? Let me look. Maybe that's not it. Let me take a look. I should have my. We're laptop. getting all fancy. We've got we've got internet now. Yeah, during I, don't the ha- podcast. I don't have my internet. I don't have my laptop though. It's crazy. We don't have. Well, you you've got your computer phone. Yes, my computer phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll keep looking for this. Let's let's talk about what you've been up to. Okay. So we finished the Bluetooth thing for the Jeep, right? Um, oh, a while a, ago. Yeah, yeah, a while ago, a couple months ago. So in the next electronics project I want to tackle on the Jeep is adding is adding factory cruise control to it. So um, their their cruise control module? Yeah. Actually no, before that was the turn signals. We finished the turn signals, made that that's simple though. That's just like hacking wiring and, and you know, wiring in new stuff and a, a diode and stuff. That was easy stuff. But this is actually adding in the factory stuff which my Jeep doesn't have. And so last night, I actually started tearing through the wiring harness on the Jeep at like 9 o'clock at night with a flashlight. Because <laughs> that's a totally a smart thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, especially the vehicle. Render it useless. Yeah, render it useless. <laughs> so I can't go to work. Um, <laughs> and so I started digging in, like figuring out what my Jeep had in terms of wiring. Because my Jeep's a, a, a changeover year. So in 98, it's a 99. So in 98... They had one thing in 2000. They had another thing in 99. It was like whatever they threw in the Jeep, basically. What's the difference? Um, so my Jeep has a 2000 year 2000 running gear. So it has 2000 axles, um, brakes, transmission stuff, um, and the cab electronics are 2000. But everything in the engine is 98, and everything that's um, electronic under the dash is 98. Okay. So it's all over the place. Yeah. So it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. So basically like when I need a part, <laughs> so when I need a part, I basically take the part to the to the, st- the store and I'm like, I need a 98 and a 2000 Jeep part. And so they bring both and I compare and th- I need this one. <laughs> Steven's phone's going crazy. <laughs> um, so... I started tearing through the elect- uh, the wiring, right? And um, went open up the airbag because that's where cause the buttons for the cruise control are. I started from the where you interface the buttons, right? So I tore open because I don't have buttons on the steering wheel. So I opened it up and I had the right clock spring. So my clock spring's got the extra wires for the extra buttons. So I just have to put buttons in. Okay. Good, right? Easy. And then went on the other side of the clock spring, which is on the, on the steering column, and it had the harness there. I'm like, Awesome. That's another piece of wiring. Then I'm like, okay, so that goes to what's called the crossbody connector, which is basically goes from the dash side through the firewall into the engine compartment. It's called crossbody. And so, and the wire went all the way to the crossbody connector. I'm like, perfect. It does not go from that point to the firewall to the in, the, the PCM. So all, that harness doesn't have it. The wiring, but everything else, like even my. Like when you're when you're on cruise control and you hit the brake pedal, it turns off. Mm-hmm. I actually that old, that wire is there. All that stuff is there. It just doesn't go to the the computer. So is that all you have to add? I had to add the four wires to the computer because okay. it has two wires for the brake and two wires for the um, buttons. Mm-hmm. And then the I had to add uh, have to add the um, vacuum solenoid to control basically. <laughs> so it's um. It's like an old car. A lot of old cars are like this, where um, you basically have a steel cable that goes, you know, from your throttle to the throttle body. New cars are all drive by wire. There's no direct connection besides electronics. Um, so this is a direct cable connection, and so to control that is basically another cable that's con- uh, on a air bladder system that, depending on the vacuum of the of the um, system either expands and contracts and pulls the throttle body more or less and opens it up. <laughs> That's kind of cute. With some with some help from the uh, computer. Um, new cars are just like all drive-by-wire, you know, controlled. It's, a, it's, it's more complex, but a whole lot easier. It's a whole lot easier on the software, on the uh, control side. 
Right. Yeah. Once you have the system in place, it's just a matter of telling it something. Yeah. Yeah. Firmware updates. Right. Your car, which is really weird. <laughs> well, your car has firmware in it. Barely. It's got a little and bit. It never had updates. <laughs> well, that's for sure. Um, so anyway, so you have to have the solenoid. So I have to put that in. And the cable that pulls the throttle body. Um, that, but that stuff is like, I knew I had to get that because my engine doesn't have that stuff on it. And so try, I was basically going online trying to figure out how I was going to put. I had to put new pins in the connector that goes onto the um, the uh, PCM which is the uh, motor controller or it's actually the entire Jeep's computer is that one little box. So you have to put new pins in the connector because they're not there. Um, and then run the wires and all that crazy stuff. And so I was looking online for like a connector repair kit because it would have the pins and all that stuff, but they wanted like 40 bucks per connector. And I had to modify like four connectors. Ugh. And so I was like, that's pretty rough. And so I started looking on eBay for you know add-on kits you know cruise control kits trying to find because there's a lot of aftermarket stuff but i didn't want to do aftermarket and i finally came up with the idea of i'm just going to buy the crossbody harness a used one and just repurpose some of the pins because i don't need the whole harness i just need like four wires and all the pins and all that stuff just repurpose that and take my harness out and add them in and then put it back in how much is a used harness like that 60 to 100 dollars Okay. Yeah. And then I need the the pneumatic stuff, which is like 100 bucks. So for under $200, I should be able to get it going. It could have been a lot more than that. Um, so there's a company called Jeeps R Us that sells like an aftermarket factory kit. So it's, it uses all the factory parts, and then they, they have an add-on harness that you can add in. They want $400 for that harness alone. Ugh. And like $400, no, $800 for all the other stuff. Wow, they are proud of their kit. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to try to do it for under 200 That's my goal, which would be a fifth of their cost. Jeez. It's a little more work because you have to, like, you know, plan out where you're going to run the cables and stuff. Because theirs is designed to lay next to the harness. And I'm going to take my harness out and, you know, remove all the old crappy uh, loom on it and put new new stuff on it. It'll look factory when it's all done. It's not going to be all wrapped in, you know, layers and layers of electrical tape. No, not anymore. I'll make, <laughs> I'll put in brand new loom and put new wiring harness tape on it. And electrical tape in Houston turns into like sap. Yeah, turns into sap. It's the grossest thing. Even like the nice 3M Super 88 stuff. Yeah, which is like everyone swears by online is absolutely garbage in Houston. Yeah. It's something with the humidity, heat, and humidity just yeah. turns into just. Gum. Absolutely, yeah, it, it's, it's gummy, yeah. and then the the actual fiber part just falls off, and you just have goopy wires. Yeah, there's a brand called Tesca, I think it's Tesca, um, and they make wiring, like they probably make other things, but they, I think it's a German brand, and their their engine har- harness, they make tape that's for engine harnesses, and basically BMW and 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 Mercedes use them. Which is funny because BMW has like the worst electronics ever. But they have really good tape on it. <laughs> I know, if you ever work on a Merce- on a on BMW and like lift the carpet up, like the harness is just tossed underneath the carpet. It's not like held down or zip tied down or anything. They just go bleep, throw it down, put the carpet over and that's it. Hey, there it is. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had a buddy uh, <laughs> whose son owned a BMW, and um, his starter started going out, so he took it to the dealer, and they were like, we need to replace the starter. He's like, well, okay, what what needs to happen? And the guy pulls out the service manual, and the very first thing says, drop engine. Oh, God. So <laughs> like, I just replaced the starter on my Jeep. It took me 10 minutes. Yeah. And most of that was getting a beer out of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was two bolts. I had to disconnect the battery. Two bolts, pulled it out, put, put the, the new, new one, one in, on. reattached battery, and then cranked it up, and then got a beer. The, the hardest part is probably what meshing it up with the no. The, that wasn't even hard. No, it, actually, the thing is, the ring on the bell housings mm-hmm. are like it's like a really close fit with the fitting on the starter. So you just have to basically push it in, and then line up the two holes and put the bolts in. That's it. That's how that's how repairs should be. Yeah, especially on parts like that. That a starter only lasts like. 5,000 or so starts. They don't yeah. actually last that long. When, yeah, you, when you 
like a can if you had a connector that only lasted a thousand five thousand times it would be a pretty crappy connector yeah but for a starter you know how long you're starting your car maybe two times a day three times a day you know going to work coming home yeah 600 times a year three three times a day means that you don't end up at your home right no two times a day <laughs> you get home yeah, but three times if it's an odd number. Oh, okay. Yeah, if it's an odd number. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> Depends if you pass out at the bar or not. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drink and drive, kids. Lunch. lunch. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. So, yeah, yo, it's going to lunch. Oh, yeah. And if it's fast food, then then it can be an odd number of odds. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Odd number of odds. <laughs> Especially since we're in Houston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to get out of your car. Too hot. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm going to document all that process. Uh, basically it's not really engineering because it's like, you know, it's just adding wires to a wiring harness, but it might have some technical it, it's, issues. It's screw turning. Yeah. I think the biggest, it's going to take longer to take the harness out. My current harness to pull it out without destroying it than anything else. What is that? Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably a pain in the ass, right? Um, yeah, I might actually, this is cause it's, it starts up where your left knee would be on the right side of the vehicle for those that are international that drive on the wrong side of the road. In America, we drive on the left side of the car. And so where your left knee would be at is where the door would be. So right down there is where the crossbody harnesses on the Jeep. And so you have to disconnect all that stuff and then basically punch the grommet out and then start unfeeding it and wiggling all through all the stuff. The good thing about the Jeep, though, it's all there. It's not, like, hidden by pieces of plastic. And, it's all out in the open. Yeah, it's all out in the open. Yeah. Which is why you have to use really nice wire loom, and Chrysler didn't. Which is why Because you can see it. It's yeah, because you can see the wiring right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, the wire loom stuff I use is, like, nylon instead of the cheaper um, PVC. Because PVC will, after a lot of heat cycles, gets really brittle, and mm -hmm. nylon doesn't. So I... Spent like the extra ten cents per foot on nylon. Ooh, we got a we got a luxury Jeep yeah, over 1 here. One percent Jeep. <laughs> um, and then the Pinheck and the Lion Edition Rev Eight. Um, almost there. I started um doing all the net listing now, and then because uh, I think last time we talked about I was reorganizing the schematic, that was all done. And then uh, basically redoing the netlist because I basically merged that Raspberry Pi 3 compute module board with the Pinheck. And then I had a whole bunch of netlist conflicts, of course. So yeah. I'm like working yeah. through those and make sure that shouldn't. That's tedious work right yeah, there. Yeah, that I'm like, this one shouldn't connect to this one. This one should. This power is correct. All that stuff because I'm treating that section of the board as like a separate part of the board because I want its own. I want it to have its own power source on the board. So it'll have its own regulator and that kind of stuff. They'll all share the same ground to make the system stability nice. Mm -hmm. um, but, because uh, there's a big, there's a kind of an issue with the current pin heck when like, if you move all the servos at once, so you had like 10 servos plugged into it and move them all at once, the power draws enough to like dip the five volt line a bit. So that wouldn't be, the Raspberry Pi probably Or, or raise that. the ground. Or raise the ground. Whichever happens, I don't know. Yeah. Some in, you know, put a huge inductive load on the five volt line that powers the three point three volt line. Yeah. PCB traces do not have zero resistance. No, especially. Well, that's the thing is that tr that quote unquote trace is a plane. It but, should so have like, very low resistance. So it's like fourteen inches long by five or six inches wide. Yeah. Big, big, big trace. That's a fatty trace. Yeah. But it's not. It's only like. Think the internal traces are half ounce copper. I think that's right that's right yeah because you you did all the stack up information that's right yep half ounce copper by default by default you can get bigger yeah but we don't on the pinet because we're cheap yeah you've got it's so much you got so much copper yeah in there half half ounce is more than enough yeah. but but when all the fi when all the uh solenoids fire i mean well solenoids aren't the problem it's the servos oh servos my bad yeah. servos and I, that might be something i should look at is put the servos on their own dedicated five volt line mm -hmm. so it won't interfere with the five volt um uh semiconductors that are running semiconductors i guess so whatever 
That's technically correct. <laughs> it's a catch-all term nowadays. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same with microprocessor. Yeah, microprocessors. His net. His brain is a neural net processor, a learning computer. <laughs> Living tissue over endoskeleton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your Arnold voice is way better than mine. On to the RFO. Okay, RFO. Uh, so we got two this week. Google Clips is a new 250, $249 smart camera that you can wear. Ooh. Ooh. It's on TechCrunch. Um, and then the art of blinky business cards, uh, which Brian McEvoy. Um, McEvoy. Some, yeah, something like that. Yeah. We'll uh, go with that. On Hackaday. Yeah. He's probably listening right now and be like, Argh! He's probably not listening yeah, right now. Yeah, actually, you're probably right. He's probably not listening. <laughs> All right, so know, Google, Google's no, what? No, I'm just imagining it's like, like he has some kind of ESP that like listening right now that when his name gets mispronounced, he's just like, <laughs> Like something yeah. snaps in his brain. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like the world's worst superpower. I I heard one the other day where um, the one of the world's worst superpower was the ability to sense trash. You could, oh like, no! You, you knew where trash was at all times. All times. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, especially if you lived in the city. Oh. Um. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> okay. Uh, the Google Clip, which is they had uh, Google had this big. You know, the I think it was the Google I.O., whatever it is. They're a big conference. It's like the Apple thing they do every year where they release, like, all their new crap they're doing. And, you know. And people go absolutely insane. Yeah, insane to spend thousands of dollars on new new gadgets. Um, So, this new $249 phone, or not phone, but smart camera. Smart camera, sure. Um, it's... The idea is instead of recording your moments with a regular camcorder or your phone, this quote-unquote passive-use camera like basically records all the time or most of the time. And what it does is it looks at what's in the frame and determines if that's worth recording. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. That's not good. Um, it's got a three-hour battery life, which is not bad. You know, how, how much longer do you want to stand with your, like, kids at a, you know, birthday party? How, I don't know, uh, Parker. How long do you want well, to if you, I don't have a kid. So if you have kids and you had all their, you know, brats over. Wow. Hanging out at how the birthday party. How do you feel party, about kids, Parker? <laughs> how long could you say? About three hours, probably. You know, that's a reasonable number. <laughs> <laughs> that is a reasonable number. Yeah. Before you need to take a nap and have a beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You probably about three hours worth of energy. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah, that's reasonable. Um, but my favorite was it grabs this is their their term motion photos. Um, yeah, so we're back in nineteen ten. I've <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of one of these things. These motion photos. <laughs> yeah, these moving pictures. Moving. Yeah. <laughs> now I need a top hat and a monocle and. <laughs> Off to the movies, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's a 1920s gangster going to the movies. Yeah, the the, the guy. Yeah, right. And and the movie, like the bad guy puts the girl on the the railroad Rural tracks and ties her, her up. Yeah. Like, You'll never get her. And twirls the mustache. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow, Google, thanks for creating these moving oh, so, pictures. Even more. So this is how it determines. Oh, okay. This is their quote for. Wait, wait. The, can I guess real quick? Yeah. It contacts the NSA and says, no, should no. we take it? Actually, <laughs> it does all this decision-making without contacting the cloud. Bullshit. So, I'm crying bullshit. Saying. That's what they're saying. Um, but this is, it automatically suggests the best moments. For, for you? Yes, for you. And how it does that is, from what I can gather, is it looks for people, it recognizes in the frame, and if it's in a good focus and people are in are in good spots, like, you know, the two thirds rule for taking photos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If that all lines up, it will record that moment for you automatically. Mm. That's a that's a little <laughs> wanky for me. Just a just a bit too wanky. And then for me. and it, I, you gotta think about this. This is like a security camera, but instead of pointing away from your house, it's pointing inside your house. 
You know what would be awesome if it ha- if it was really like oh, say it had a uh, speaker on it could talk to you and it was really snarky and sarcastic. It, it would be like, nah, that's that's really not going to look good. No, move over there. Get up. You know what? You Parker, know what? Never you mind. Should... I'm just going to take the picture yep. here. You know, like Parker. Parker, <laughs> you need to get a haircut. Yeah, Parker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this is gonna be bad no matter what we do. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> yeah. let me just take a picture. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you blinked. Uh, whatever. We'll just go with it. No. Yeah. That's how my version would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's interesting. If it, if it, if it can actually do a lot of this stuff without going up to the cloud, that's actually pretty impressive. Uh, mm. I, I don't I don't think I need something deciding when it needs to record me you it, know no it's no it's not deciding that it's, oh, it's, deciding, it's suggesting no right? no it's deciding what your best moments are in life i don't have good moments <laughs> so. <laughs> so i don't know it's like it's like going to take a picture of me like me picking my nose it's like that's my best moment yeah. cool. <laughs> it, that is interesting though well, like what what kind of algorithm would you run to decide that i get, it would have to be Things it, like it, what you were saying. Yeah, it's in focus. Like, the pick it knows who's in frame. Yeah. The, there's a video that TechCrunch has that Google posted that's kind of explains it, but it's like one of those like stock photo families kind of thing. But you know, digital cameras have been doing that for a while. You know. Oh, recognizing that there's an image, a photo there, and focus on on focus on face. Yeah. Um, uh, ensuring uh, the, the the proper focal length. Ensuring the uh, things are in focus in certain areas, and th- and also it'll do like automatic eye corrections, and then it'll go, hey, did this person blink? You know, it'll it does like yeah. digital cameras been doing that for a while. Although this thing is what an inch and a half by an inch and a half. No, by... it's about the same size as GoPro. Yeah, it's about the same size as GoPro. <laughs> he just turned his monitor. I just turned around. my computer. It looks yeah. like an inch and a half by. An inch. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's GoPro E. Yeah, so it's just without a screen and all that other stuff. It, do GoPros have screens on them? Uh, yes, some okay. of them do. Okay. Uh, so the do you, so you is this just kind of like a one-time buy thing, or do you have to subscribe? It's to a, a one-time service? buy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Well, well, that's the thing is, if it doesn't talk to the cloud, then it actually doesn't put any load on Google. What does it communicate over? Bluetooth? You, I think it's Bluetooth, Bluetooth, and then it talks to your phone, and that's where you can pick the best moments of your life. Um, what's interesting about this though is um, a couple of years ago uh, I found this is when my grandfather passed and we were going through all that stuff right and you know going it's through got the 16 closet. gigabytes of storage yeah okay thanks for interrupting the story I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm looking at the computer and I'm, I'm so, on my own so tangent. my um, when my grandfather passed we are going through all this crap and we found all the really old home movies, right? That's on eight millimeter. So it's not even it's not even super eight. It's just old school eight millimeter and a projector and all that stuff. And I actually brought the projector to work. I think this might have been before Steven was working here. Anyways, I got working at work. I basically had to put a new bulb and solder some new wires in, get it working. And we were playing them with my grandmother uh for Thanksgiving a couple years ago. And a lot of the stuff is like out of focus and stuff, but she didn't care and she actually mentioned like you know you'll be going through that's actually she actually made the comparison to digital film is a lot of times nowadays is you'll go through your images like right after you take them and delete the ones that are not in focus but then she said sometimes the ones that are not in focus capture the moment you wanted to capture Mm -hmm. and so that's what if this thing's making that decision based off if stuff's in focus or not you might not be able to capture the moment you wanted to capture Cause like they in that video that they have that Google released, like they having the 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 camera and they're like moving it around to like the optimal location and stuff. It's like, well, what if the camera decides that's a crappy location, yeah. and you don't get to capture your your kid unboxing a Nintendo sixty four <laughs> and screaming Nintendo sixty four? You know, like probably half our listeners have never seen that video. They're too young. Yeah. Or never know what a Nintendo 64 is. I was just about to say, there's probably some of our listeners <laughs> that who never are like, played one? that's the old system. Yeah, it's the old system. That was before I was born. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that That is possible. <laughs> it's okay. We still like you guys. Okay, so what do you think of 
the the RFO, right? Rapid fire, right? Ra- okay, yeah. Ra- yeah, very rapid. <laughs> very rapid. Let me fire off my opinion yeah, here. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, like thumbs in the middle is what I'm gonna go with, just because like it doesn't do anything for me, but for somebody who is interested in just like ripping tons of like incredibly like stock photos of like their friends eating at you know brunch somewhere, it probably does good for them. So thumbs in the middle. I think it's a hundred dollars too expensive. So I'm voting down. Oh, okay. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those things where Google has a really cool idea and then blows like they're gonna not in a year, they're not even gonna care about this thing anymore. Google yeah. forget about it. <laughs> that sounds like Google with a lot of the stuff yeah. that they do. I'm actually surprised Google still has Gmail. Really? It's like the long like besides the search engine, that's their like second longest like thing they have. Yeah. Like do you remember the Google Wave? Um, it was like a chat. It was like a chat um, thing they did. I think it only lasted like a year or less. But it was a chat where it's like Hangouts, Google mm-hmm. Hangouts, mm-hmm. which they want to get rid of. By the way, now they want to change to something else. Um, but anyways, it's like Google Hangouts, but instead of reading scroll back, so like seeing what your friends were talking about, you can hit play since the last time I was there, and then the conversation rolls out how it did time-wise. Oh. And so it'd so be it's like... just a bunch of timestamps on all the... Yeah, so it'd be like, you know, someone said, hey, and then like, you know, 30 seconds later, someone commented or said something else. It'd roll it that way. And so it's like you're in the conversation, but... But you could also just scroll back, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the Google Wave was it played it back as it was said. Which is hmm. kind of interesting concept. So you could capture the moment. Yes. That was that was that was revision zero of the the Google clip. Yeah, it was oh, it clips. was um um oh uh, it was IRC with timestamps. Well, IRC has timestamps, but it was like it could roll, it could play back at the timestamp right. speed. Right. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, so they got rid of that. It was like the Google Reader, which was like highly popular API protocol for for um, aggregating like news sources and stuff for a lot of different applications. And then Google's like, eh, we don't want to do that anymore and just axed it. Actually, I think I have a friend that's still really bitter about that. And that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> like whenever Google comes out with something new, he's just like, well, Google reader, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what about, what about, um, what is it? Google plus or oh, that piece of junk. You know, we um, we were having uh, the podcast with um, Annika O'Brien the other week, and she said she had like a hundred thousand followers on Google Plus. That's like every single user. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was like Google Plus. I haven't heard that in forever. Ever, yeah. Like, wow. I are they still hanging on to that? Have they? Yep, they're have, still there. They there? finally okay. they because for a while, if you made a new account with Google, you had to get a Google Plus account. Yep. They finally didn't do. They stopped that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess you were the one of the ones that had to make a Google account. I did, I did, and I remember I was like, okay, I'll I'll give it a shot for a moment, and it was just, it was too Google, it was way too Google for me to be like, I just don't want to adopt all of your little things that I have to bring on in order to make this yeah. like work for me. I didn't like that. Yeah, I I'm fortunate enough to make my Gmail account way before all that stuff, and so like I actually had to make a like a separate YouTube account. And then when they, when YouTube got bought out by Google, I had to like merge my accounts. It was really weird. What was your first email account? Uh, a, a, a Gmail account. Yeah. A Gmail account. Yeah. Mine too. Wait, did I have a hotmail account? I, I had a, I, no, I had an earthlink account. Ooh. Yeah. Which I, is a local ISP provider here in Houston. Long time ago. So I had an Earthlink account. I piggybacked off of my uh, my folks' email back in the early days, and yeah. we had a consolidated, uh, which was also a local yeah. IP thing. So. And then uh, then I had a Gmail when when Gmail was just starting. It was like by invite only. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got an invite from a friend to do Gmail yeah. back then. Panzer yeah. Blitz Craig. <laughs> it was funny because I had that email address for a long time until I started applying for jobs, and I was like, it's not very professional to apply to a job with an email address of, like, Panzerblitzcrag. Especially nowadays. Yeah, nowadays that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a that was a, um, 
uh, neighborhood football uh, nickname. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was the I was the bigger kid. Ah. Not fatter. I was just I was bigger than everyone else. Yeah. So no one could stop your your rush right. across the That's border. That's right. So I would blitz <laughs> every play. <laughs> now this podcast is banned in Germany. Yep. <laughs> so the art of blinky business cards. Yeah. So we're going to topic two on here. Um, I picked this podcast uh, this one because I want more of a discussion of of business cards that are blinky and electronicy. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is a really cool article that that Brian did on Hackaday, um, covering like his history with electronic, you know, business cards and stuff he's seen. It was a pretty good article, um, and then I was going through the comment section, looking at what other people have built. And it's kind of the sad that I actually had a business card, electronics business card that I made back in. Oh man, 2013. That hack they covered and wasn't in the article. <laughs> I was like, no. That, that's a pretty deep dive, though. Yeah, I know. So, it's five years. Yeah, but four uh, years. Yeah, I don't know if uh, whoever writes the article, that article particularly, yeah. you oh. know, has to have knowledge of all that crap. Yeah. Actually, look this up. Look up Hackaday Super Boost business card. Is that yours? Yes. I was just typing. That Is, was it a yeah. boost converter on a card? Yes. What, wait, wait, it step up five to something? No, it, it would step up a uh, lithium battery to five volt. Oh, okay. Yeah, 3.7 volts to five volt. Find it? Is it uh, 2013, you said? Yeah, somewhere around there. What was it called? Super Boost? Super Boost, yeah. All right. And it, was, it was a white business card that was 0.8 millimeters thick. Hey, yeah, there it uh, is. No, that's not it. That's CNC business card. Oh. It's called Super it Boost. Like it. <laughs> it is white, though. It's uh, and it had a QR code on it. Okay. And so what it was is the card, the QR code had a link to the bill of materials, and then it had dotted lines, and so you could cut the super boost out. So you'd solder it up and then cut it with scissors to cut the board out of it. Nice. So and you uh, could take that and use it on something. I gave tons of those away, and I actually had some people email me like. A couple years ago saying like do you have any more of those business cards i'm like no did you make them uh like solder them up no 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 they it, i just gave the boards without components and that's why i had build materials and it actually had a link to a mauser project that uh, you can just click order and buy all the crap gotcha gotcha yeah. okay yeah but yeah the longhorn engineer super boost cool and it was a hackaday article and um it's kind of depressing that it didn't make it but oh well Anyways, um, some more interesting, I guess, more uh, modern cards, more modern business cards popped up on there. Um, there's this one that that uses a near NFC, near field communication mm-hmm. um, chips, to do energy harvesting for 2.4 gigahertz, and then it blinks LEDs and stuff. So it just sucks a bunch of power, holds it, and then just blasts it yeah. into LEDs. That's cool. That's pretty cool. It, um, the guy uses a NXP NT3H1107, or not O, zero. Oh, and the, the outside of the card is a big antenna? Yeah. And then um, it, that's actually an EEPROM chip, but it has a built-in microcontroller and has a built-in um, energy harvesting circuit. <laughs> and so he used the microcontroller to basically just spam LEDs. That's funny that... You presented it as in the memory has a microcontroller in it, not the other way around. Correct. <laughs> well, yeah. it's it's from NXP. That's a EEPROM, a yeah. NFC powered EEPROM. But it but it has a whole computing system system in it. built in. Yeah, that's cool. So that was really cool. So so the reason why I picked this one was if you had to design a electronics business card, mm. how would you go about it? So it's got to be you got to have some consideration for price. Because you're yep. not Steve Waz. Have you ever seen Steve Waz's business card? I think no. it's maybe his old one. So I, I actually met Waz at a Maker Fair in San Mateo. He didn't give me one of his business cards, though, which is kind of... Um, I guess he doesn't give them out that much because they looked very expensive. They were basically lasered out of stainless steel. <laughs> I, I'm looking at them right now on, uh, <laughs> on, on the Googs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is that is a a stainless steel um, card with what is it? 
I don't know. It looks like a, 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 an, an array of numbers. Yeah, something like okay. that. Yeah, I mean, it means something, but I'm not getting it right now. So yeah. Whatever. So, anyway, they look expensive. So, you're not Steve Waz, so you can't spend, like, $10 a business card. Okay. So, if your budget was under a dollar per card, I guess technically you can build, like, many millions of those cards, and those stainless ones would probably be under a buck. Probably, but yeah. I doubt that's what But you Waz need a million did. bucks. Yeah, he probably went to, like... He actually probably bought a like a laser shop. <laughs> said, I need to build fifty business cards. He could afford that. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, how would you design your electronics business card? Um, because I went to like the super cheap route and just built PCBs. I didn't even put anything on them. Besides, oh, the okay. So, so you're saying how would I design the business card? But it doesn't necessarily have to be a PCB. Right? Sure, sure. I would say it's more. It's like. You're an electrical engineer, so how would you do a business card mm. to kind of showcase your abilities? I guess. Wow, that's a let me let me think about that for a second. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a good one. So I would I would ju- I'm just following a thought process here. I don't have like a particular idea. Yeah. But yeah. but I would want to show a couple of things, and this has come up in um, interviews in the past. So one one thing I would like to show is that there's some control of electronics. So uh, you have power of some sort, and you do something with that power. Yep. Um, what that shows is that you have basic electronic knowledge, but you, uh, you also have a circuit that is functioning on a board, which means you've probably prototyped it, and you've probably it probably didn't work, and then you got it working. That's good. Um, you don't you, want to give a business card that has green wires on it. No, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Now, um, at the same time, if you show something that is properly soldered on a board, that you know how to do that, that's thumbs up. But here's a here's a big key. Put something mechanical on the board. It doesn't have to lie. I'm not saying something that turns or spins or something. If it can be CNC'd out or something of that sort for cheap, that shows that you know a little bit of mechanical side of something also. Um, and that's that's a big deal. I, I had an interview a while back where um, uh, I, one of the guys who was interviewing me was, was talking to me about, uh, hey, you know, he, he was like, okay, you've got the electrical side. I told him about some of the projects I've worked on on this side. And he's like, well, it sounds like you've done a lot of mechanical stuff too. And it's like, you got to know it all. You know, you've got to have like, oh, you got to be well-rounded in this stuff. If you had a business card that demonstrated that, that would you kill it. You said it didn't have the spinner thing, but fidget spinner business card. You didn't, that would also show that you have a comical side. <laughs> well, you knew, uh, well, actually, nowadays, fidget spinners are not the end thing anymore. Oh, what are, what happened to them? They're just not the they're just thing. They're just dead. It's yeah. like the hula hoop, man. Or, or, or the, yo-yos or Pokemon sk- Or cards. the skip it. Or skip it. Skip skip it is really dating me. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, that's all. That's your. Gen. You had a skip it, didn't you? I did not. I did not. But I had like you every en- one of my friends did. You envied it. I I did envy a skip it. Yeah. <gasps> oh, that- Iris, did you have a skip it? You did not have a skip it. Okay. I didn't have a skip it. I actually, a pokeball. <laughs> um, I didn't have a single friend that had a skip it. Well, you, you're cooler than me. <laughs> I didn't have a skip it. <laughs> I think we should build an electronic skip it. Um. Why? So you would, <laughs> so you would have one now. Oh no! no yeah, no. bring it back. We're bringing skip it back. <laughs> Let's put it this way: nobody wants to see me skip. <laughs> they, yeah, the 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 Google Clips thing would be like shutting down, not taking images. <laughs> out of battery. You fully charged. Out of battery. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Was that a good answer? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and then and then I'll put a little bit of put a little bit of artistic touch on it also. Oh, yeah. So it shows that you have a little bit of eye for design. Some fancy and and what screen. what that means with with an engineer is don't do everything in forty fives. Do like curves and things. What oh, that's what it means for an analog-y. engineer. Well, no, I'm not talking about traces. I'm talking more maybe more silk screen. Like oh, don't yeah. make it like block letters. Make it like you know something nicer. Foo-foo-y. Sure. Yeah, no. When an engineer looks at fonts, they have like block, and then everything else is just called fufu. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look at fufu I, one I, or I two. I changed or three. the font of our podcast notes to 
to Ro- was it Roboto is the Google font that's like it's it's um it's a uh, what what's it called fixed width mm-hmm. font because I think fixed width font is very easy to read. It looks like small. old Hackaday. Oh yeah, old neon green Hackaday. Yes, yeah. with the black and white photos that look like they were taped up on a bulletin board. <laughs> yes. yes, I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it is, Roboto Mono. Yeah. 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 I just like it because it's. Oh, I like fixed width. I think it's very easy to read, and it's easy to read small font that's it, fixed width. It computes really well in your mind. I had no idea what you're talking about, Stephen. <laughs> we shall end the podcast right now. Beep boop. That was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast, and we were your host, Parker Dillman. Uh, and I guess Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Ha 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 ha. Insert outro. Take it easy. Thank you, yes you, our listener, for downloading our show. If you have a cool idea, project, or topic that you want Parker and I to discuss, tweet us at Macrofab or email us at podcast at macrofab.com. If you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, click that subscribe button. That way you get the latest MEP episode right when it releases. And please review us on iTunes. It helps this show stay visible and helps new listeners find us. Hey, and check out our Slack channel.